I write about an experience at work. And the guy who was telling me about this, who touched on race and size and all that, he was a Caucasian guy. And my first reaction was, who the hell does this guy think he is telling me this stuff? And it wasn't until later that I realized it was a gift he was giving me. He was giving me a gift, AJ, and he was saying, you have to be aware of yourself around certain kinds of people so that you don't get in trouble. You're listening to Share, Inspire, Repeat, where we explore uplifting, inspiring, and unique stories from around the planet. Things we're doing as human beings that you'll want to talk about that make us better people. A little dose of positivity in your day coming right up and now for your host aj mises hello everybody and welcome to share inspire repeat my name is aj mises and it's so great to have you on the show today we are in for a treat my friends our guest is absolutely incredible has a really fascinating career and I cannot wait for you to meet him. But before we do that, just a quick reminder, make sure that you have already liked and subscribed to Share, Inspire, Repeat so we can make sure to spread some more good in the world and that you're doing your part to leave us a review to make sure that more people can see it. That's how the algorithm works on the Apple Podcast and Spotify and all those fun things where you might be listening to us. So please make sure that you write your review. We'd be so, so grateful. In fact, you can do it right now as you're listening to the episode. So go ahead and take some thumbs out and start giving us a review. We really, really appreciate it. And of course, you can check out more information about the show by visiting shareinspirerepeat.com. And without further ado, I'd love to give you a little synopsis of our guest today. His name is Donald James. And Donald began his 35-year NASA career as a presidential management intern. And he served in a variety of roles of increasing responsibility and complexity, including public affairs, government and community relations and education. And Donald James's journey of public service would take him from all the way from an intern to the senior executive service and member of NASA's senior leadership team. And in early 2006, James drafted the first project plan for NASA's Orion crew spacecraft at the Johnson Space Center. And what's also really cool is that in 2014, NASA Administrator Charlie Bolden selected James to serve as the agency's Associate Administrator for Education, where he led an enterprise comprised of 75 civil servants and over 250 contractors organized to strengthen NASA and the nation's future workforce. So under James's leadership, NASA learner and educator engagement surpassed a million people per year. So this guy has had a monumental career working for one of the coolest organizations I think that I can think of. So Donald, welcome to the show. Thank you, AJ. I'm so excited to be here. Well, and you're a Bay Area native, just like me, or resident, I should say. I don't know if you're a native, but a Bay Area resident, we live maybe, I don't know, 30 minutes from each other. So it's nice to meet somebody else here in the Bay. Great, thanks. Yeah, I grew up actually in Sacramento, but when I finished college, I was able to, after I started with NASA back east, I was able to transfer to come back home to California. So I'm happy to be here. Nice. And so you were at NASA through 2017, is that right? That's right. I retired the end of March 2017, so just four years ago. Okay, so I have to ask you this question because when I think of NASA, I think of like mission control and I went to space camp when I was in like seventh grade in Mountain View. So I guess right next door to NASA. And I loved it. I mean, I've been fascinated with space travel, with research spaceships since I was a little kid, which I'm sure you hear all the time having worked there. But I'm curious, is it what we see in the movies of like the mission control and everybody on those risers and in the desks? But tell us what it was like working there. 
Yeah, so I had the privilege of being inside mission control both for uh, shuttle missions as well as International Space Station. And it does look like what you see on TV. I think the thing that people might be surprised if they go to one of our research centers into the labs, sometimes our labs don't look as high-tech and spiffy as you might see on Star Trek or some movies like that because we have old equipment. NASA is a government agency and we can't always afford the richest and most spiffy of things, but our researchers are really smart and they use the tools that they have. And so it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun stuff. Well, and I think you brought up a really interesting point, like it's a government agency. And and so maybe you can't afford that stuff. But I have seen pictures of the inside and of the movies and they look similar. But I am curious because if I can recall correctly, SpaceX and NASA had a partnership in the last 12 months, right, for the last mission. That's right. In fact, NASA helped SpaceX get started in commercial flight. In fact, that was NASA's intention all along, because when the space shuttle, when we retired the space shuttle, we wanted commercial companies like SpaceX and Blue Origin to take over going to the International Space Station so we wouldn't have to pay the Russians for our flight on the Soyuz. So one of the technologies that was developed at the Ames Research Center in Silicon Valley, where I spent most of my career, was the heat shield for protecting the SpaceX Dragon capsule. Because when capsules come back in from outer space, it gets real hot going through the atmosphere. You have to protect yourself. And we have these cool facilities at Ames to test materials to withstand that heat. And that was the materials that SpaceX has used. So we're very proud of that contribution. It's just absolutely incredible. I remember watching on TV, my husband and I were looking at it and we were just like, we had chills when that thing was landing back on earth and just seeing like the tears in people's eyes, like all of this work that you work for years and years and years to do, you finally see the mission come to fruition. So I know I'm curious, was it an emotional process also working at NASA and experience seeing like years and years and years and years of work for one mission and then, you know, either passes or fails or what have you? What was that like? Absolutely. I get emotional watching every launch. I have a little app on my phone that dings me when it's 10 minutes to any launch in the world. And if I'm available, I'll turn it on and watch it. It was very special to me to work on our Orion spacecraft, which is NASA's crew capsule that we're going to put on our space launch system. I felt really close to the mission. I worked with the astronauts that were involved in the program and the engineers. So it's just such a special place to be, AJ. I mean, it's like a kid in a candy store, and I don't regret it at all. And yes, there are times when it was boring or not as interesting. You have to do bureaucracy stuff. But the fact of the matter is, NASA is working on cool, advanced things, and you get to be a part of that. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. I bet. I bet. Well, congratulations to you on a really awesome career. So I want to talk real quick about something because you wrote a book. I did. And it's called Manners Will Take You Where Brains and Money Won't. And I, oh my God, this resonated with me so much as someone who's worked with thousands of people in Facebook. And, you know, you see the different ways that people approach their life and how they interact with each other. So I'm just curious, what was the ethos behind writing that book? It started when I gave a talk to a group of NASA interns the summer after I retired. And a young man asked me during the question and answer session, if I could go back and talk to my younger self when I was like 20, knowing what I know now, what would I advise him in terms of your career? And I said three things. I said, first of all, I would say yes a lot more to opportunities that came my way. I think in hindsight, I wish I had said yes more to things and taken more chances. The second thing I said was I would really focus on 
your manners, the things that I learned from my mother, because what I've learned is that my manner of being and how I showed up in the workplace, how I interacted with people, will probably have a lot more to do with my success in my career than how smart I was. And so what I said to this young man, as I said, you know, being smart really isn't good enough. I mean, everybody at NASA is smart. I'm probably the dumbest one there, but they still let me in. But everybody is really smart. So how do people get successful and have fulfilling careers? And I said, manners was the answer. Now, the funny thing is, the third thing I told him is I said, I would also tell young Donald to pay attention to companies called Facebook, Google, and Apple, because one day, if you invest in those, you're going to be really rich. So they got a big <laughs> kick out of that. But needless to say, I did not know that at the time. But, you know, manners just really, as I define it, which is broadly speaking, not just the politeness or the etiquette things, but just how you engage people. I found when I look at people who were successful at NASA and people who weren't successful, and I look at my own career, that that really made the difference. So I wrote this book for students and early career professionals, and my suggestion is pay attention to your manners, cultivate those skills. It'll take you where your brains and definitely your money won't, that's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So that kind of brings me to another point here because that resonates with what my experience has been working with people, especially young people in their careers and even people who are mid-career and senior in their roles. The way in which you go about your work really matters yes. and the way in which you interact with people really matters because you're creating a legacy. You are creating a reputation for yourself. And if you're known as somebody who disregards EQ, yes. <laughs> that's required to relate to people as human beings, it just doesn't have the same effect as somebody who has super fans of them as a leader. The super fans that I know of people who were like idolize these leaders are because the leaders have strong EQ. They have great manners. They're really great at recognizing great performance. They're really great at getting to know people. I have this story from when I was at Facebook. I have no problem talking about this. Her name is Janelle Gale. Uh -huh. She's the VP of HR at Facebook. And Janelle, if you're listening to this, hi. <laughs> hi, Janelle. But Janelle is the epitome of a really great leader. She was a VP. She oversaw a team of thousands of people. She's been at Facebook for a long time. She oversees a big org. And she made it a point to get to know every single person in her organization. Every time we had a get together, an office celebration, an offsite, she would go around to every single person. And if she didn't know them, she would introduce herself. She would get to know their name. Anytime she saw you in the hall, she would say hi to you. She would remember things from your life and ask you, like, I was getting married at one time. And she was saying, like, oh, how was your wedding? Like, tell me all about it. Like, those are the types of people that really create meaningful impact in people's lives. That's right. That's right. I couldn't agree more. And, and sometimes I think it's really easy, but I find that when I watch people, sometimes I realize that they don't necessarily get it. For example, one of the things I write about, particularly addressing to younger people who are going to be doing a lot of interviewing, I said, you know what, you're always interviewing. The interview is not just when you're sitting opposite a table or opposite of Zoom screen in the formal discussion about whether you're going to get a promotion or a job. You're interviewing when you walk on the campus because people are watching you. They're seeing how you act. You go to lunch. They see how you deal with the servers. They see how you deal with your colleagues. So they develop this narrative about you. And I'm saying you need to understand that narrative so that when you actually walk into the interview, I tell students sometimes, I said, you may find this hard to believe, but you know that most interviews are over before they start. 
They are. Because they've already made up their mind. They go into the motions because they decide, oh, I'm not sure this guy's going to be a, quote, good fit. That's sort of the standard term of art that people use. And because they can't pinpoint it to your capabilities or your skills or your knowledge, but there's something about you that doesn't resonate or something about you that really does resonate. And what I say is that if I find somebody who's got great manner skills, I'll hire that person and I'll teach him or her the technical skills they need to know to do their job. But it is very difficult to do it the other way. A hundred percent. That completely resonates with me. And I love that philosophy. I wish more leaders were like you, Donald. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm a work in progress. I don't want to make sure my colleagues are listening as well. In fact, I wrote this book to remind myself of what I need to continue to do. (laughs) I love that. I love it. It's a nice little mantra to remember. So what's your number one tip as people are starting to think about, yes, my career, my brains, my money and where I want to take my life. Like what's your number one tip for people as they're thinking about how to approach life with keeping in mind their manners? I would say it's get a team of people in your life to support you. And I use the term team loosely because I don't mean a group of people that you have a therapy session, you know, with every week, but people that you reach out to like mentors or coaches, and you really invite them to say, I'm really willing to work on myself and improve, but I need really candid and honest feedback. It's the kind of feedback that if you get from certain people, it could be very dangerous or delicate because you're touching on things that are dicey. So for example, you might have a good friend who's getting ready to walk into an interview or go to a particular environment and you're looking at how that friend dresses and you're like, I'm not sure that's a good idea. Now, is it your business to talk about how they dress or how they talk? Or maybe they talk too much and you want to say, you need to listen more than when you talk. See, I learned that lesson from my dad because I talk a lot. And my dad told me one time I had a big mouth and I talked too much. That was a great lesson for me because now I know better. So I know I need to be careful about how much I talk. I get excited, so I tend to talk a lot. But I needed somebody to tell me that because if I'm not aware of that and I get in an environment where I'm talking all the time, people could get turned off. Have a group of people to support you. And in the book, I talk about sources of where you go to find people, people in your family, people in your friends network, your professional associations, professional experts, people who are you pay to coach you or work with you, or even a higher power if you believe in that. But have a group of people that really support you because they care enough about you, they love you enough to be able to say, you know what, you may not want to do that. Or what you said back there may have been offensive. And you have to be willing to thank them and saying, I appreciate it because you're trying to grow. Have a team of people in your life to support you. And I would say that's the number one tip. I love that. And the way that I kind of say this to my clients or to folks or my students is who's on your personal board of directors? That's right. Yeah. Perfect. And Amen. Right. And who are yeah. those people that you yeah. trust that know you that you would take their advice without hesitation? And those are the people that you need to be surrounding yourself yes. more with. Absolutely. You don't want your friend who's always going to say, don't worry, AJ, it's not you, it's them. Right. You don't want that. Right. You want the person that's willing to risk their relationship to tell you as they see it. They may be wrong, but you need to give them an opening to tell you their truth as they see it. That's the only way you're going to grow. Usually you grow out of pain and skinning your knees and realize you messed something up or whatever it is. You need somebody to be able to tell you that truth. And when it comes to manners, 
That's what I'm saying. So how do you give somebody feedback? I'm curious, because a lot of people that listen to the show are professionals who work in the corporate world. So what's your recommendation for how people give that feedback around the way that somebody's approaching the work? Because it's hard, right? This manners thing is a qualitative part of somebody of who they are. It's not a piece of code or a way that they're designing a piece of equipment. It's very personal. So I'm curious about your advice there. Yeah, this is something that I've given some thought to. I don't know that I'm really great at it. There's basic stuff like criticize privately and publicly praise. And I think that's good. I've made that mistake both at times. The other thing is I try to personalize it by saying, you know, this is my experience. And so this is how I'm seeing you show up. And I'm just suggesting you might want to take a look at this so that it's not an attack like saying, you know, AJ, you're like this. I mean, that's not true. It's what I'm seeing is what I'm experiencing. And I'm just putting it out there. And if you've entrusted me to give you the feedback, right, because of our relationship, then I feel like I can share that with you. Or maybe I have some history with a person that I know you're going to work with. The very first thing I did when I started my senior job at NASA, when I was named associate administrator, the first day when I walked into NASA headquarters, right, I had worked in California. I went to see a friend of mine. His name is Dwayne. And I said, Dwayne, how do I stay out of the doghouse here? right? He was on my team. And so he said, well, here's five people you need to talk to. And here's what you need to do. You got to watch out for this. You got to watch out for that. And for goodness sakes, when you're meeting with so-and-so, listen a lot more than you're inclined to. When you're meeting with such and such, it's okay to run your mouth. You can talk. So (laughs) I asked for that support. How do I stay out of the doghouse? Yeah. I love that. I love that piece of advice because that way in which you go about avoiding different landmines is so critically important. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And I think it's important if we're going to get a little more sensitive, right? I'm a man. I'm a black man. I'm a large black man. And I have to be aware of that. And so I need people to be willing to share things that they think I'm not going to like to hear because of that, because they know that I might be walking into something that might be an issue. And so I appreciate that. So it's incumbent upon me when I get the input and the feedback to thank the person said, I really appreciate it, even though it may hurt. I write about an experience at work and the guy who was telling me about this touched on race and size and all that he was a caucasian guy and my first reaction was who the hell does this guy think he is telling me this stuff and it wasn't until later that i realized it was a gift he was giving me he was giving me a gift aj and he was saying you have to be aware of yourself around certain kinds of people so that you don't get in trouble and what he was saying was you don't want the narrative of the angry black man being attached to you such that it's going to cause people to have a narrative about you that could have an effect downstream. Mm. Whether or not I like that or not is irrelevant. The question is, if I want to go somewhere where brains and money won't with banners, then that's a manner that I can take control over and own and decide I want to do it. Mm. Or I can just be however I want to be and take the consequences. But at least I'm at choice about that. Yeah. And man, I just, uh, you kind of struck a nerve with me there about the stigma that comes with being a black man, you know, and I deal with that as a 
well, obviously very, very different as a gay man, but there is that unfortunate social construct that exists in our world, where whoever you are. Yes. And I think having those allies in the room is really important. Those people who will help be by your side yes. in those tough times, especially like the landmines that you want to avoid. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. So here, I want to pivot a little bit because Donald, you have so much wisdom I'm curious about if you were to like put a billboard out onto the world that had your favorite saying or something that you wanted to share with the world, what would that billboard say? Well, it'll probably be my license plate. My license plate frame says manners matter. And I actually wrote that before Black Lives Matter became a thing. So I don't feel like I appropriated it. And then my license plate is NSPRKDS, which means Inspire Kids. And I I feel, you know, my responsibility to keep working on myself to be an inspiration to younger people because I'm in the last quarter of my life and it's all about giving. That's my purpose right now is what can I give to people And it's up to people to decide if they want to take it, right? They could read the book and say, you know, this doesn't really mean anything for me. That's fine. You know, please go write your own book and maybe (laughs) I can learn from you. That's cool. Sure, sure. So that's probably what I would put up, Manners Matter. Yeah. What I didn't, AJ, what I didn't anticipate, because I started writing this book in early 2018, and it really was about for younger people in their careers and what I think is going to help them. It wasn't really addressing the political discourse that we've experienced in the last several years years, but a lot of people seem to be glomming onto that. I sense there's a hunger in this country for people to be able to connect with people authentically and civilly and to be able to see people, to actually see them as human beings. See, I know that when I walk into a room, I can't help the color of my skin. People are going to see that. I see people who move out of the way when I'm walking down the sidewalk because maybe I represent something to them that they're fearful of. And I just want them to get to know me and my heart and that I'm just a regular guy. But if they talk to my kids, they'll tell you what a knucklehead I probably Mm -hmm. am. So, you know, I just want a world where people see each other for who they are and appreciate Mm. each other's humanity. And so Mm. that's behind the billboard and what's behind the purpose. I love that. I love that. And I think, you know, I was watching this video or I was reading an article, I can't remember about this approach to kind of speaking about humanity and speaking about like seeing your heart about like when you enter a room or a restaurant or a work event or whatever, about acknowledging everybody in the room or you make eye contact, you smile, you say hello, you make a genuine connection. It's the people who enter into those spaces who, especially if you're in a position of power, like a leader or something like that, and you don't acknowledge the people, you are cold, you don't have any interest in the folks around you, aka you don't have manners. Yes, yes. (laughs) Are the ones who are not seen as in a good light as people who do approach it that way. So I love that. And I love that you are trying to inspire kids now. And I bet it's so cool to see like kids faces light up when you tell them that you worked at NASA because you know, I think it's at some point, every kid's dream to like be an astronaut or, (laughs) or to work or experience NASA. Or they love space or they, you know, want to know. And I use NASA. I'm very proud of my work with NASA. And I'm unabashedly proud of my connection. And so I use that as sort of my hook. Why is a NASA guy talking about manners? What is that? I thought I had to be a smart engineer. I said, well, you 
probably do depending on what you want to do. But if you want to be a successful engineer and have a fulfilling career and make it, you're going to need being smart's not good enough. You're going to need more than that. Preach. So, Preach. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. All right, cool. So, okay, we asked this to every guest here on the show. So how can people continue to bring more good into their lives? One thing they could do is just pay attention to the conversations and communications they have with the goal of what is it that you're curious about with the other people. And it's not about you say something that I'm going to say something. It's not about your agenda. It's like, what can you learn from other people? Have a day of curiosity and say, I'm going to try to find out as much as I can about other people just because. People might get scared. They're like, why are you asking me all these questions? And what do you want? Right? Because everybody thinks we want something when we're right, asking some questions. Agenda. You know, but there's an agenda. That's right. And so I think that just being curious about other people is helpful. And being curious about yourself. See yourself as the mirror sees you. See yourself as the video camera sees you. And just take a second look. Take a deeper second look and see what you notice. And just appreciate that. So give more than you take. Listen more than you pontificate. And just be curious about people. And I think you'd be amazed at what you find out. I love that. That's been like my favorite part of this podcast. It just is my curiosity for people and for like listening to their stories and their advice and their wisdom, which you have plenty of. I could have this conversation with you all day. But if people want to spend some more time with you or get to know you more, tell our listeners where they can contact you or learn more. Sure. The best place to start is I have a website. It's just my full name, donaldgregoryjames.com. And on the website, there's a way of reaching me. I have an email, matterswilltakeyou at gmail.com. I answer all emails, matterswilltakeyou at gmail.com. And the website is donaldgregoryjames.com. And you'll see about the book and about me. And please reach out. Um, (laughs) I would love to, particularly students. But, you know, my goal is I hope that every student gets, as a graduation present, gets a copy of this book. If I could give it away, I would do it. But my my spouse wouldn't like that. (laughs) It's such an important lesson. And I think sometimes gets, you know, put under the pile in terms of, you know, brains and smarts and money and things like that, right? It's like, you know, being a good person, having manners is so great. Well, Donald, it's been a pleasure having you. We're going to put all of the information for how people can reach you in our show notes so people can check it out. But I just want to tell you again, what a pleasure it was to have you as a guest on the show. You're welcome, AJ. It was my honor. Thank you. Awesome. Great. Well, everybody, this has been another episode of Share, Inspire, Repeat with Donald James from NASA. Really, really excited that we were able to talk with him today. And again, make sure that you're liking and subscribing and check out the website www.shareinspirerepeat.com for more information about the show and where you can find out more details. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Share, Inspire, Repeat with AJ Mises. Interested in sharing a story or being a guest on the show? Visit shareinspirerepeat.com to introduce yourself or to submit a story. You can also check out more details from this episode by visiting shareinspirerepeat.com.